Discover connection, awaken sacredness, come power. Join us for our show on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Discover Your Spiritual Gifts, show number 82. We're your hosts, Dave and Violet. Our guest today is Jenna Matlin. Jenna Matlin, MS, has been a full-time tarot practitioner since 2012 and was awarded Best of Philly Spiritual Guru by Philadelphia Magazine in 2019. She has also been featured in various online spaces such as BuzzFeed and Bustle. Also, Jenna authored three books. Will you give me a reading? Have Tarot Will Party and Have Tarot Will Travel and presents at tarot conferences both domestic and internationally. Jenna enjoys working with clients such as Urban Outfitters, Crate and Barrel, in addition to reading for and teaching to tarot enthusiasts around the world. When Jenna is not reading tarot, coaching tarot professionals, or writing, she can be found in the garden or the woods. Hedge Witch would certainly describe Jenna, and her cats agree. Welcome, Jenna. Thank you for being on our show. Oh, it's fabulous to spend this time with you. Thank you for having me. Well, the question I always like to ask people is, were you psychic as a child, and did you have anybody to coach or mentor you? Yes, I was psychic as a child. And it's it's an interesting question that I often get, which is, you know, when did you know you were psychic? And it was, it's kind of the opposite question, which is when did I realize that other people weren't because I thought everybody could see things and know things. Um, so, um, yeah, so I was first mentored by a friend's mother when I was at the age of like 12, she taught me how to read palms, Uh like very rudimentarily. And then, um, I started reading for people's palms and they'd be like, how do you know that? I was like, well, kind of between the lines, <laughs> you know, yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> so, um, and then I picked up my first tarot deck or tarot deck was given to me at the age of 14 and uh, away I went. So very precocious in this world, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm sure I just got to ask this. How many tarot decks do you have? Oh my God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hundreds, probably. <laughs> hundreds. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes uh, I'm, I've got quite a few, and um, it's just because I'm drawn to certain ones, and and others just kind of turn me off, and uh, I don't know what it is about them, but uh, uh, the messaging in them, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I get attracted to different ones. And they're, what, what, they're great collector's items, too, like they, uh, you know, for investors, they can be a very nice little side thing if, if that's what you want to do with them, but not that I can part with any of mine, but <laughs> <laughs> some people can. Oh, good, good. What what kind of deck do you normally use with clients? So, what, what's your most common one? Oh, that's a tough. That's a tough, tough uh, question. I have a lot. Um, I I also do psychic mediumship, but it's in a very specific way where I do use tarot. So, I do have a mediumship deck. Um, uh-huh. Right now, that's the Crow Tarot. Um, so what I have found is that decks tend to have their own personalities. Some of them only want me to use them. Some of them (laughs) don't want to do parties or events. Some of them want to do mediumship. So like cats, 
you know, tarot decks are the same. They've got their own uh, proclivities and, and desires and some work for me and some don't. So um, I work with a deck until maybe it starts to feel that I'm repeating myself a little too much or it's a little getting a little stale or so then I always like to get a new deck just to freshen my practice or to deepen my understanding of how the cards speak. Mm-hmm. Well, what I've seen with a lot of uh, experienced long-term tarot readers is that uh, the, the tarot cards are a suggestion to them in doing a reading for a client, but they're really getting downloads. Uh, and so it, it's just like a little bit of a hook and then they're, they're getting more information that, you know, if somebody came by and said, well, how did you get that out of that card? You know, I have never seen that in a book. And you just say, well, I'm getting downloads. Is that true for you? Um, yeah, it is true. I, I think it's a, it's a more, um, complicated relationship. Like I was psychic before I started reading tarot, <clears throat> excuse me. So the analogy I often give is, you know, like say you have someone who's naturally an artist and they have a wild talent and then they go to art school and they have the hardest time adjusting because now they're having to relearn art through a format okay. um, that just then makes them more powerful overall because they can toggle back and forth between those mm-hmm. two states. Um, and that's certainly the case for me. But also, I one of the techniques I teach my students is notice where your eyes look in a card because there's symbols within the card that will act as the key to the intuitive or psychic insight that comes. So I, I think it's a little bit of both and in terms of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I took one class where we had to color the major arcana in, in big sheets and uh, go through uh-huh. all the symbols. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, you know, we, we got down to, how many red roses are there versus white roses and things like that. And uh, it just kind of started to escape me too much information. (laughs) Yeah. I I can see that that would be um, a little linear. Um, If you don't mind, I'll give a quick story about it. That's helpful. Please do. do. So I was hired by Macy's a few years ago to read tarot (laughs) at the launch of a clothing line. And so I'm in the middle of the store doing readings and a young woman sits down and she just cryptically asks, um, I'd like to know about my boyfriend. And I go, okay. So at the time I was reading Robert Place's Alchemical Tarot and uh, Eight of Swords, which is a card that means self-imprisonment, self-imprisonment shows up. But this card has like a a beast-like figure. It's like a very medieval looking Um, image and the beast is manacled to the ground and my eye was just looking at the manacle I'm like why am I looking at the manacle and all of a sudden it hit me he's in jail he's in jail the boyfriend's in jail so then I asked her like you know because I'm in a public place I don't want to like you know yeah (laughs) you know I was like well what's his condition is how I asked and she's like oh he's incarcerated so that's what I mean that we that the symbols can act as like tea leaves or other kinds of similar symbology that will then awaken and cause that bridge between the psychic way of processing and then the linear way of processing so that's one way I use tarot and that's what I also teach I'm curious, how have you gotten retailers to allow you to come in and do your work and connect with these stores? 
Um, that is a that is a whole other hour. <laughs> I am so curious on how you've gotten them to be comfortable enough to do that in their stores. Yeah, um, you know, I was working for a while with like event, um, like a, event companies and stuff that would get would have me on their list, and they would send me. But by that time, I was well known enough in Philadelphia that they would just reach out to me. Um, and, you know, and I've been doing this for, you know, 11 years full time, going on 12. And there's really been a shift, I think, around tarot, especially the last few years. It's becoming much more open in general. Um, maybe it has to do because I was living in Philly at the time. But yeah, I, I really didn't have uh, too much pushback. Like I was at Macy's, I did uh, CB2, CB2, Crate Barrel, um, I did Anthropology, Urban Outfitters, a lot of the, a lot of museums actually um, in Philadelphia would hire me. So um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm just glad for the work, you know, I'm glad that uh, to have the opportunity to um, bring tarot to people who would never maybe choose it for themselves but then maybe would stop in for a quick little reading. And it's incredible to watch how their worldview just got upended <laughs> from the reading. And I'm like, this one little reading has changed the way they see the universe. And what a beautiful position for me to be in to, to witness that. It's a gorgeous thing. I love that. I love that. But I love that. You're right. The world is changing because I think 10 years ago, some of this stuff would never happen. And we're seeing doors open that we would have never believed would open someday for this kind of stuff. And I think more people are seeking, you know, information and what's out there and being a little bit more open to things they don't understand or they've never experienced. So I love that aspect of being able to do that. I agree. I can't believe where we are. Like I, I never have, would have guessed that we would be at this level of acceptance t from 10 years ago. It's really wonderful. It's wonderful. I love it. <laughs> yes. Well, was there a, a key person or a key interview that you had that uh, started opening the doors for you? No, <laughs> I did it myself. <laughs> Just sheer blood and sweat equity, really. Um, okay. When I decided to go self-employed, I, I figured it all out myself. I, I didn't have a mentor at all. It was really, um, really having to learn the hard way and figure out the, my own best practices, which led me to my first two self-published books, have tarot will travel, which is about how to use art, like art festivals and street fairs to bootstrap your business from nothing. And also to help you get your chops, mm -hmm. really get you comfortable with the fluency of reading. And then I wrote another book, have tarot will party, which is how to do weddings, you know, bridal parties, uh, whatever. I have done every kind of party you can think of plus <laughs> corporate events. But I wrote that because I never wanted anyone to be in the positions that I often found myself in. And if I could help people along the way, I really wanted to do so. So, well, well tell us a couple of funny party stories. I, I, I'm sure you have a couple uh, uh, great events that happened. Uh, you know, mostly I just remember like. Out of all the, the parties you've done, are there a couple events or, or stories from some of those that really stand out to you as, as being uh, 
humorous or a learning opportunity? Yeah, sure. Um, there's one that really comes to mind. I was um, at a at a kind of like a antique shop, maybe like in downtown Philly for like first Fridays, you know, where it's like an open house in the evening and there's snacks and you kind of wander around. And the <clears throat> the the store owner was just really open minded about tarot, loved tarot. So we. And it was just filled. And she she was a fun person. Like she had cans of Pabst Blue Ribbon <laughs> for the people <laughs> that were coming in and just real Philly vibe. And so we we were trying, I was trying to do a goal. How many people could I read in two hours with them being able to give me a question and me giving them a cogent out, uh, answer? And then I had like kind of a wrangler, someone to help me manage the flow. And in two hours, I did 32 people. I think it was around 32 people. I was like, is wow. there a Guinness World Book record for this? That's um, a lot of energy. Yes, indeed, girlfriend. And uh, But in that, there was a, a gentleman, a young man who came and he sat down and he goes, I I'd like you to tell me about my love life. Now, normally questions like that often um, mean that you're single and looking. And that was the assumption I made. But then when I looked at the cards, the cards are screaming at me about marriage, but I was like, but he didn't say that. And yeah. so I fought the reading and I fought what it was trying to tell me. And I tried to like wrangle it to be from a single looking for love perspective. But if you ever get that feeling where you're just fighting your reading the whole time. Um, and I delivered the, the reading and then he goes, oh, well, that's very interesting because I'm married. Like he intentionally misdirected me. But as soon as he said that, I said, oh, great. Because now that you said that, this is the real reading. And then everything just kind of snapped into focus. Um, and so sometimes like we have to be careful when we're doing public readings like that, because people will want to trick us or test us and do all of that stuff. So not only do you have to like do the reading, which in of itself is a high energy thing, you also have to keep a, a mind to understanding what the motivations of the other person is because mm -hmm. that will affect what comes through. And so sometimes if you have a more inexperienced reader that deals with the public like that, he or she may feel like sad or insecure that they didn't do a good job when in fact they did an excellent job. They were just working with somebody who was misdirecting them because I never have never made, I have never, never, ever made any kinds of claims that I could read minds. Well, often that's what they're trying to test for. Uh -huh. And I'm like, I, I'm not a mentalist. <laughs> I can't read your mind. And so if you're going to tell me, A, I don't know you, and I'm not going to say you're lying to me, it's B. Like maybe with clients that I've worked with for a while <laughs> and have that relationship with. So um, working with the public in that way can be really wonderful, but also very challenging because of that. Okay. I can see, I can see that. So what advice would you give somebody that wants to be a tarot reader, has, has just gotten their first deck, and they're a little overwhelmed, as Dave said earlier, all these symbolisms and how many roses and all the colors, what would you tell them to do with their first deck that they're holding in their hand that they're trying to figure out? That is an excellent question. And that's actually in the first chapter of my new book coming out. Will you give me a reading where I go, what to do if you were just given a deck and you've never read before? How, how do you, how do you do this? How do you get started? 
I would say, just look at the pictures, look at the symbols, put at least two cards out together, because I think it's easier for newer readers to see how more than one card talks to each other, have a really good question and just read it as if it's a comic book, read each square as if it's a little comic book strip and just see what it, what it says. And it's okay to be wrong. I think we intuitive insights and psychic insights. There's actually been some recent brain scans on this done. Like when someone does improv or someone plays jazz, when they've done brain scans, your prefrontal cortex actually shuts down. So for those creative and those intuitive insights to show up, you have to not be thinking too much. It comes from another different place. So if you're like self like self-critical, or you need to have it perfect, and you're always overthinking, you're going to stop yourself from allowing the deeper part of you uh, to show up in a really new way. So I always say, do a lot of readings and don't think too seriously about them because it's not about accuracy. At first, you want to go to fluency, which is you're starting to get a feel of what those intuitive insights look like when they show up. So it's okay if you don't read 10 books on this. We just got to get you talking. So that's kind of what I say. I love that. I love that because every deck comes with this book and people are, (laughs) how do I memorize this book? And how do I remember? And and I know Colette Baron Reed and, 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 and no, she's like, I wrote a book for a reason. I want you to read it. I get, we need to understand where the artist comes from, where the perspective is, where the idea was, where it started what the deck was created for. But at some point, you have to slide the book to the side and connect yourself with the energies of the cards and the pictures and find your way through it. Because Dave could pick up a deck, you could pick up a deck, and I could pick up the same deck. We could do a spread, and I I believe we would see it differently. And that's what's so cool about these cards is we would see different things depending on what we were reading, asking, looking at with the exact same cards, the exact same deck. And I think that's what makes them so magical. Well, that's great. We're going to take a little break here uh, to hear some information about Discover Your Spiritual Gifts. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Violet Rain, Master Teacher of the Akashic Records series of classes here at Discover Your Spiritual Gifts. If you've been interested in the Akashic Records, the Akashic Records are the life book or the etheric records of everything that we've ever thought, spoken, done, all of our contracts, relationships since we left Source. It is a valuable resource of information that people are able to tap into to get clarity to get guidance just to find out why things are the way they are in their life the Akashic really helps us do that this is a great series of classes if you're already getting intuitive information meaning you're either getting visuals or you're hearing things or you just know things or you feel things this is a great class to step into to amplify the information that you're receiving from a higher level source 
versus just your intuition. If you'd like to find out more about my series of classes for the Akashic Records, please check out on our website under classes and look for Akashic Record Certification. I hope to see you in class or I hope to see you at the center here at Discover Your Spiritual Gifts. Have a great day and thanks for listening. Well, welcome back to Discover Your Spiritual Gifts. Our guest today is Jenna Matlin talking about all her experience with tarot and uh, this is just great tell us more about you, you mentioned that you uh, can combine mediumship with tarot uh, what does that look like in a reading well um in the way i do tarot and mediumship um i, I do it a little differently than i think mediums or spiritualists do it in that I really believe that I access the person who's crossed over through the person I'm reading with. And my client or querent is this is kind of like the satellite dish calling their loved one home or calling them with them because mm -hmm. I believe that it's kind of links on a chain. It's through relationship and we hop through. So I feel like I'm more in a listening position for what's going on between the querent and their loved one or the person that they want to talk to or access. So as I'm listening in, like a medium in many ways, I'm getting impressions, I'm getting psychic charades, stuff like that. Um, sometimes they're very silly and funny. Like today, just this morning, I had one, I was like, he's showing me pineapple, a pineapple. I don't know what a pineapple is for you. And she's like, oh, we used to go to Hawaii all the time. So it's that kind of stuff, you know? Um, but at one, at some point we then move into tarot um, and I have a, my own signature process for using tarot in a way that is conducive for mediumship. So one of the differences is reversals in a tarot medium spread is what the, the spirit is saying is kind of going on on their end. Like this is what's happening on what's happening on my side of the, this dimension. And then upright cards are like, what's happening for you or what I'm seeing about you or advice towards you. So that's like, like it's, it's a, it's a, that's a big question. And that's just maybe one quick little mm -hmm. example of how I do it a little differently. Well, that's great. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Uh, will you give me a reading? Uh, so you said that book was just written. And, uh... Well, it, yeah, it, it is coming out on November 8th. Uh, it will be released by Llewellyn. It's called, Will You Give Me a Reading? What You Need to Read Tarot with Confidence. And so this book is, is, is unique because it's not another, like, this is what Queen of Wands means. This is what an Ace of Swords means. But it, it is, what do you do when a reading goes south? What do you do when a, a querent says, all of this is wrong and you're wrong? <laughs> you know, <laughs> what do you, what do you do when you find yourself triggered by them? And how do you conduct a reading in a way that really continues to leave consent, agency, and choice with the querent and you as the servant to both the querent and the universe? Um, and this is just based off of my probably like 10,000 reading hours by now <laughs> um, <laughs> experience in, of things I've, I've learned along the way and have never seen written anywhere. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that it really lands for people and it's helpful for people. I love those ideas in the book. Cause I talk to readers about responsibility, 
right? There's a lot of responsibility that comes with being a reader because you're planting, you could be planting seeds that may not be their seeds, they're your seeds. And you have to be careful that you're not telling somebody what to do because that's really not what this is about or what they shouldn't do. Or, you know, it's about holding space for the universe to give them lots of options, opportunities, possibilities, because as all of us know, when that person walks out the door, they can change everything that you said to them by saying, nope, that's not mine. I'm not doing that. I'm out of here, right? And readers have a real responsibility of what they're giving to people. And it's about surrendering and being that person that's holding space and being compassionate and loving and giving them options, opportunities, possibilities versus you need to go do this and you need to go do that. And you, you're going to do this when maybe they haven't even thought about that. I so agree with you. And there's a big part in, in my, there's a chapter called, um, like judgment is a card. (laughs) (laughs) not like what you should be doing. Um, And, you know, I talk about that because one of the, one of my personal pet peeves, like if I'm at a psychic fair or something and I'm walking around, you know, and you hear what Clarence talk about when they're not in session with the psychic. So then there are things that they may not ever tell the psychic things like, I don't know, like, it just felt like it was just her opinion, but then I'll hear readers say, well, whatever comes through is what just comes through. And I'm like, that's not honest. Like you're human too. And if you aren't monitoring for your own bias and your own triggers and like making sure you're stepping aside and not letting them take over, then you're no longer being a true reader of the cards. You're just being your opinion reader. And and if we can't be honest about that, that does happen because we're human and we need to watch for it then we're really not being very conscious and very careful readers. Well, there is that other type of problem client that we have at fairs where they have the answer that they want and they start hitting multiple readers (laughs) because by golly, they're going to find the readers, go give them the answer that they want. And, Mm -hmm. and they express disappointment when you say, no, I really don't think you're supposed to be with Joe. You know, you two should move on. This is not going to work out for you guys. Oh, well, that can't be right. You know, he, he looks at me at work and it's like, oh, I see, uh, I see problems in your future. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's definitely been times where someone has left a session with me and left me a one-star review on Yelp or Google. And I'm like, oh man. And, but I've actually had a couple of times where six months, a year later, they reformulate their review with an update. So I've had that happen. Yeah. Um, but I, I tell them at the beginning, only if you're willing and able to hear, however, this needs to come through, mm-hmm. you know, but sometimes I have a stop to session where it was, it was clear to me that it just wasn't going to be helpful for them in, in where they were in, in their mental health, maybe, or their space. And I certainly don't want to trigger anybody. So then I will stay away from those predictive, like, Let's not talk about prediction. If you're not ready, let's just look at maybe the dynamics between the two of you or yourself and how you show up. So, um, 
And that's another difference with me as a reader is some readers don't ask questions at all. And that's definitely a choice, but I do. And the reason why is I want to listen for what's, what are they consciously maybe ready to hear or not hear um, rather than like triggering somebody. And then they walk away without maybe having support. And I want to make sure that people are supported. Mm-hmm. I like that. Well, also people that are starting new being readers, what I tell them is you may get somebody that sits down in front of you and is very closed and you can't get any information or they're testing you. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to look at that person and say, I may not be your person. I may not be the one for you. Maybe go check out somebody else instead of fighting, like you said earlier, fighting this reading, fighting, trying to give them information, you know, and, and don't charge them, give them mm-hmm. their money back and say, you know, I wish you the best of luck. There are lots of people out there. I can refer you to some people, but I may not be your person. I may not be your connection. Whereas most readers think I should be able to read for everyone, no matter what. And I'm going to do this. And it, we're human. We're human. There are differences. That is such like, yes, like, <laughs> like it's okay to, to, to admit defeat. It's okay. You're not a bad reader because you can't push through. And sometimes I'll just say, just call it out, call the behavior out. I've done that where I'm like, it seems to me that you're trying to test me for something, but I promise you that like, if, if you can do it the way that I've set this up for us, you'll know by the end of the session, whether this was like a hit for you or not. And oftentimes just calling it out will get them to, to shake it off because that's the thing. It's like, yeah, you don't have to tell me we'll get there, but you're paying me by time right now. <laughs> so do we want to spend the time for me telling you what you already know? Or do we want the time on working on what you don't want to know? Cause I'm cool either way, but the time is the time, you know? So yeah, I, I love that. I love that. Well, I, I run into those things occasionally where, um, for for me, uh, and because I do so many readings remotely, um, I just tell you, look, you can be very comfortable. You never go run into me in the grocery store or, <laughs> or the bank or your church, and I don't have a dog in your fight, so I uh, feel I can be very unbiased in your situation. I, I, I don't care about what is the outcome, and I also tell them that Look, no matter what you tell me about any phase of your life, you can't outweird me. Uh, I said the, the, the stories I've heard, uh, you know, you, you just uh, you aren't going to shock me. So uh, people come in all different flavors and something you may think that you're the only one in the world doing it. I guarantee you there's, you know, 10,000 people out there doing it right now and you are not unique. So so let's just get past that and, and start working on what you want to look at. Yeah. And, and to be fair, their, their reservation, you know, does come from a legitimate place. I mean, on the East coast, there's a lot of, um, a certain kind of reader, shall we say, for lack of a better word, uh, walk-in readers. I've had clients come to me from them. Oh, these person said that my past life was terrible or my karma was bad, which is why I'm suffering. Mm-hmm. And I got to pay, I got to give them a $500 candle. Oh, no, you no, know, like no. Those ty- right. You know, and so <clears throat> I've run into problems with banks. I've run into problems with um, other like business institutions 
and also city ordinances and state mm-hmm. ordinances, because there's no difference made between those kinds of readers and like authentic, like moral, ethical, values-driven readers. Um, and that's that's unfortunate. It feels like you're kind of sandwiched between the bad guys and the people who are trying to get to the bad guys, but don't see that you're different. You know, if you guys have mm-hmm. run into any of that. Right. And, you know, professionalism. I'm not the gypsy. I mean, I always tell people I'm not the gypsy in the corner. I'm not your I'm not your entertainment reader. I'm here mm-hmm. to kind of help. I want well, Ma- Madam okay. Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> right. I I have very high ethics and professionalism and I've worked really hard to get where I am. And um, I get that. And not a lot of people, when we have readers come to our center, they go through lots of training, lots of expectations. um, And I'm constantly mentoring them because, you know, you want to have a professional um, approach and high integrity when you're doing this, right? And so we're here to help. We're not here to make your life harder or difficult. We're here to help, right? And support you. So I love that. Um, So I'm excited about your books being released. I will definitely carry them in our store. Oh, thank you. If you're ever in Denver, you should definitely check us out. We would love to, I'd love to get to meet you and have you at the store. You got to have a signing at the store. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah. I, I, I think I'm going to be doing book tour. I don't know. (laughs) It's just been really a lot and very overwhelming and trying to just figure my way, you know, through it, but I would love to come. Um, I love Colorado. So beautiful. Um, uh, give me an excuse to come. I will be there. <laughs> well, if you do a book tour, they typically come through Denver. Keep us in mind. Um, oh. Also, the international INATS. Llewellyn has a big space in that. And the authors come out. So let us know if you're coming out. We always attend that too as well. And so it's right here in Denver. So you'll be in the area. So keep that in mind. We'd love to meet authors and people that write books and have them in our store oh yeah, it's thank a, you it's the it's the international new age trade show so they call it imats yeah i'm familiar with it is it in the in the summer right does it come out in this it's in the yeah, summer? june june, oh, june. Mm-hmm. june. okay yeah yeah i will i'll talk to Llewellyn about that see see what what we can do i would um, love that I would yeah love that. that'd be fun thank you so talk to us if somebody wanted a reading or to attend one of your classes, because I know you teach, you do all kinds of things. How would they find out more information and what all do you offer? So yeah, the, the best place is my website, which is my name, jennamatlin.com. Jenna with two N's, matlin, <laughs> M-A-T-L-I-N.com. Um, and sessions are uh, phone, Zoom. I also have in-person sessions with my reading room in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, if you are in that area. Um, when it comes to teachings, I just finished the two live courses that I did this fall. Uh, I will be running them again in the spring at some point. I still haven't set up my spring calendar, um, but I also have some passive like uh, introductory courses, like I have a Tarot 101 course. 
a, a, a court card course and a Lenormand, because I do Lenormand readings as well, um, kind of a one-on-one course that anyone can take at any time. Um, and I do weekly newsletters with um, just everybody's horoscopes, like what's going on, as well as birthday horoscopes. So they can find me there or on YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, all under my name, Jenna Matlin. So yes, come and connect. We will hang. We will do cards. It will be fun. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be on our show today. It's been a real pleasure to get to meet you and get to hear about, you know, your gifts and your expertise and your perspectives. I always love that. Thank you for having me. You've both been so incredibly gracious. And I just love that we're in alignment on a lot of this. It's so nice to meet other kindred spirits in that way. So thank you. Well, thank you. And to our listeners, uh, thanks for listening today. Uh, whenever you uh, download this show, please stay with us for messages from several of our practitioners at Discover Your Spiritual Gifts. Have a great week. Uh, hi, I'm Nikki Milton. I am the center manager and marketing manager here at Discover Your Spiritual Gifts. I'm here two days a week on Mondays and Fridays, marketing this beautiful center and um, making sure that the center is up to standard for all you lovely guests who will hopefully come and visit us soon. I also own a content marketing agency, so I'm a teacher here in the space because I have a real passion for helping the spiritual business owners in this community learn how to brand and market their businesses. So I run a business class series every year on branding and marketing and social media classes, as well as a full strategy workshop towards the end of the year to help you get your business in line for, for the upcoming year. And that is what I do here at Discover Your Spiritual Gifts. Hello, my name is Trina Schneider, and I am a spirit medium and intuitive reader. I also offer angelic Reiki and crystal healing. I was born an empath and have seen and heard spirits since I was a little girl. For many years, I ignored my gifts but knew I was meant to be a healer. I started my journey doing private yoga sessions, and yoga helped me to reconnect with my mind, body, and spirit. I was then led to an intuitive mentor and took her classes to find out who I was and what my spiritual path should be, never thinking it would lead to a complete career change after being a hairstylist for 30 years. My spiritual path is a never-ending journey of healing myself and helping others. I consider my readings to be sacred and use prayer, meditation, and call upon my ancient Puebloan ancestors, angels, and other guides. In my readings, I view your energy through a rose. I connect you to your relevant past lives, bring in messages from your spirit guides, angels, and ancestors. I read the layers of your aura through your chakras to uncover blocks, bring in clarity, guidance, and direction for your life path. I do in-person readings that discover your spiritual gifts and remote readings over Zoom. To book your readings with me, please call or text me at 720-334-7754 or contact the center. I look forward to meeting you real soon. Hi, my name is Julie Kay. When I was in high school in Soviet Union, I had an uncle who was a scientist who started introducing me to the world of unexplained. We looked at the past lives hardly discussed in the Soviet Union at that time, other galaxies, stars, planets, UFOs, that was all forbidden in my country by the government and did not show up in the media. When I was 16, 
One day I was sitting with my grandma outside of our home looking at the stars and thought how cool it will be to have this knowledge. Well, I was very interested of all these things. I went to college and kept silent on this subject and got a business degree. I read the Bhagavad Gita and the Mahabharata, which were gifts from my uncle. I had no one talk about this after my uncle passed, where the past lives and stories was fantasies. They didn't make any sense to me how you can die and be reborn again. I was always interested in the UFOs and ended up seeing them on a plane flight in 1986. That seemed to answer my question about the universe, what is out there. I kept reading many books, I ended up with the Dolores Cannon books. And so on a YouTube interview with her, her work seemed to make a lot of sense with the people, the planet and the universes and the parallel dimensions and parallel realities. She came up with the information that connected clients who didn't know each other. She put the puzzle together. I had a session and I was wondering if I can have a session with someone. I had a session with one of her students and I was so clear. I found out that I could be trained in this, so I pursued hypnotherapy and then becoming a past life practitioner. So I had a second session that provided a lot of answers to me. I now provide this type of the session to a client at Discover Your Spiritual Gift based on the Loros Canon regression system. It starts with the client providing a list of questions that will be answered during the hypnosis session. This work gives me access to a person's subconsciousness. The subconsciousness has answered to any questions the person has consciously about their life. The subconsciousness can show the right answers and fix any problems the person has in their life health, relationships, changes that are desired. They can even connect to loved ones who passed. I'm available at Discovery Your Spiritual Gift on Mondays. You can reach me at 303-523-8412. Thank you and have a good day. Discover Connection in sacredness Become empowered Join us for our show on Blog Talk Radio